Hey, Florians. I want to let you know that the finale was still really raw and visceral for all of us when we recorded this episode. None of us had really had time to grieve yet. We know we say some things that not everyone will agree with, but we want you to know that we love all of you, everyone in the fandom, and we hope we can all heal together. Thanks for listening. Are your words ever going to... They won't. Talking away I don't know what I'm just saying I'll say it anyway Today's another day To find you Shying away I'll be coming for your love Okay Take on me Take on me <laughs> Take on me. I'll be gone in a day or two. So needless to say, I'm odds and ends. But that's me, I'm stumbling away Slowly learning that life is okay Say after me It's no better to be safe than sorry Take on me Take on me the level of sincere grief, dude. I seem to remember when I kicked it, you laughing. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> I've met you. <laughs> I think you know your answer now. The story for them, it's just starting. But it won't be the same story because of you. You didn't just save their lives. You changed their lives as much as they changed yours. You didn't want to leave all that, did you? Say goodbye. Just one last look. Oh, the things that you say. Is it life for just to play my worries away? You're all the things I've got to remember. Shine away. 
be coming for you anyway. Take on me. Take on me. Take me on. Take on me. I'll be gone in a day or two. second week in a row we're all crying on the podcast mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, welcome back to physical kids weekly everyone i'm clara and i'm danny and today hey. we will be talking <laughs> about the season finale episode 413 no better to be safe than sorry with two of our favorite people in the world actress olivia taylor dudley who plays alice and lev grossman author of the novels the magicians is based on lev olivia welcome back Thanks for having us. It's good to be back. Thank you for being here. It's uh, emotional. (laughs) I didn't know you guys were going to play the ending. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, (laughs) We didn't know either until yesterday. Way to make us all cry. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) Uh. Okay. Olivia, we want to start by asking you a few questions about Alice's arc over the course of the season. She started the season hating magic and being hated by pretty much everyone she used to call her friend. But by the end of the season, she's rediscovered her love for magic. She's made amends with the people in her life, and they're all together supporting her. What was that journey like for you? Yeah, I really liked Alice's journey this year. I'm I'm really glad that they gave me a redemption arc because, you know, I think Alice has been through a lot. And even though she's done some really bad things, I always have her back. And this year I got to go on that journey with her to find herself again. And her relationship to magic has always been very complicated. And that was one of my favorite things in the books that Love wrote was, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of kids who love magic and it's all they want in the world, especially somebody like Quentin. And, and for Alice, it's not the end all be all is not getting magic and having magic. She had a very different journey with magic growing up. And I like that version of, of the character. And, and this season watching her fall in love with magic again was really important to me. And even though playing Niff and Alice has always been my favorite version of her, cause it's the most fun as an actor. Um, I'm a huge magic nerd and, and I relate to Alice on a lot of levels, but her being in love with magic is, uh, is really beautiful. I don't know. I just love this whole season. My brain's a little scrambled right now because I wasn't expecting to hear the finale again, and I finally just stopped crying. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I was in the grocery store half an hour before I started this, and Aha uh-huh, started playing in the uh, like over the speakers, and I just burst into tears in the middle of the grocery store, holding, you know, my Lucky Charms. So. <laughs> I. I had to work an entire eight-hour shift after having to watch the uh, the episode for the first time and was a fucking mess. So <laughs> I watched it live last night. I hadn't. I didn't watch it before it aired. I wanted to watch it with the fans, so I I was just crying. Uh, and John Max's health. I felt. Oh no. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I loved playing Alice this season. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we loved you playing her. It's always, it really is always a treat. Um, so uh, 
other than the events of, of this episode, the season has in many ways tracked closer to the books than any previous season has. And Lev, I know you consider yourself a fan of the show too, not just the writer, and that's the perspective you usually watch it from. But I just, I wanted yeah. to ask you if it felt different in any way this season. Whether the show felt different? Well, if it felt different for you watching it, given that it was tracking a little closer. Let's see, what's the right answer to that question? It, it didn't feel to me like it tra- was tracking any closer than normal. I mean, I, there were some great, um, really wonderful scenes from the books that came back in the show uh, in really great ways, really great ways. But the arcs, it's very different. It's a very different story that's being told in the show, uh, including Quentin's story. I, I guess sort of boringly the answer is, is no. I, I didn't think of it as, as, uh, as being different um, or being closer or further away. Did you enjoy Alice's arc? Yeah, I did. I did. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So before we move into episode discussion, I want to ask each of you, what were your favorite moments from this season? Olivia, why don't you start? I never know how to answer those questions. I mean, for me, when I, when I, when I read the books and the thing I fell in love with and the thing I love the most making the show is Alice and Quentin. And any scene with Jason is always is my favorite. It's when I feel like we have the books in our hands and we're trying to tell the story as close to the books as possible. And not, I'm not just saying that cause love's here. I just mean that's to me the most, that's what I fell in love with in the books is the story of these two characters in love. And so for me this season, the last few episodes where Quentin and Alice um, got to spend time together and have some forgiveness and love between them was really heart wrenching. And uh, I loved those moments. Those were my favorite scenes this season, especially since we, we don't get the episodes like ahead of time. We get it like the week before we're going to shoot it. So shot a lot of those thinking that they were going to be together. So it was more difficult to, yeah. to go back. Yeah. Lev, what about you? Favorite moments? You know, it's funny. I, I experienced the show differently from you guys in that my sort of strongest experience of it comes when I'm sent the draft scripts. Um, and really, uh, that outlines um, ahead of the scripts, um, which happened for me. Let's see, when did I get those? You know, it's something like six months ago. Um, so I'm thinking back to the the stuff that really was powerful for me. Okay, I'm going back and what I what the what I said before. I did really like it. <laughs> I did really like it when they when they played push the mm. card game. I thought that was a really really successful set piece and the kind of uh, the way they sort of ran with the whole sort of Felix Felicus kind of angle of it with the probability magic um, was just really effectively staged. I think the bits with, with Quentin and Alice going, going back in time uh, from Breakville South, that was really wonderful. Um, it was really wonderfully played by you guys, and, and I think it was really well written. And kind of the idea of just going back over that period, um, revisiting it and kind of... Um, because it felt, in, in the first time through, it felt anxious and edgy and kind of rushed through in a sort of necessary way. To go back to it and kind of make peace with it, that was really powerful. Um, seeing Margo in the desert, that was really mm. a big thing for me. It was always a very important part of the books for me, um, that chapter, which I remember my editor trying to cut from the books because um, it didn't really do that much for the plot, which is really true. It didn't do that much for the plot uh, in the books. but it did a lot for character. It did a lot for character. It was powerful, uh, powerful for me to see it on screen. 
Yeah, I agree. I think um, that whole episode, I don't even know that I cared that much about musical episodes in TV before I started watching this show, but that whole episode of Margot in the Desert was so beautifully done, and it's full of moments that I've been waiting for for so long. Yeah, Summer Summer was incredible, that whole episode. She gave oh it her God. all, and it was it was a really tough episode to film, and, and she just, like was a warrior through the whole thing and really kicked ass. And, and I'm so, I, I, all of us in the cast were so happy when we read that that episode mm-hmm. was coming, was happening because we know how important it was to her. And all of us love that in the books. It's, I think unanimously, most people, one of their favorite parts of the book. So it was really awesome to see her get to do that. Turned out beautiful. I think that's the thing. Like this season had some of, had, had so many of my favorite moments from the books in it and always done a little differently. Um, I, I really enjoyed the, the twist that they took on the scenes with Margot in the desert um, and the sort of rewriting of the conversation about her childhood, I thought was really interesting. But I also, I mean, we talked about this last episode. We cried about this for 20 minutes last episode, but the scene with the plant in the drowned garden was just, (laughs) I don't know that there's anything that will ever fully come close (laughs) to that for me. Um, and I loved, I loved all of 407. I loved the scene with the two pennies. I had almost forgotten the game of push was in this season because it's been so long and such a big season. <laughs> yeah. But that was, it was great. It was so, I, the detail on the, uh, the, you know, the Alice card that he has in his sock. <laughs> Just. That was a beautiful, beautifully shot, beautifully. That whole sequence was so badass. It really was. I loved it. Danny, what about yeah. you? Um, well, obviously, that moment in the Drowned Garden got me as well. I don't think the show could probably ever top it, but... like to see it try. Potentially. I, I feel like the scene where Penny Forty and, and Quentin are talking in the finale this season comes pretty close. Um, mm. Yeah. To that, that same feeling. Um but some of my other favorite moments are probably like all of the Marina moments just because Marina is great. Uh, finding out Todd's real name. <laughs> you great. and your Todd obsession. <laughs> Todd's great. Todd's um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, the, just the Josh fish and then Josh like calling it fish magics was probably one of the funniest things. Um, the Bill and Ted moment from Josh and Quentin <laughs> traveling through <laughs> to another dimension. Um, oh man, I have I have some really great behind the scenes videos of them filming that on the green screen. I should post. I had all these great things to post on the magicians Instagram uh, on the day of the finale, and then I watched the finale and I just I shut down. So then I stopped posting. But I need to post those. Those two were hilarious filming that scene. <laughs> I. I completely understand. All I could do last night uh, at first was post a picture of a cat, a big fat cat crying on a couch. And I was like, that's how I feel right now. So we got the episode on Tuesday and I also got food poisoning on Tuesday. And I have to say it's the only time in my life I've been glad to have food poisoning because I didn't have to do anything other than like sit on a couch and <laughs> <laughs> for two days. Oh, no. Yeah. It's okay. It was, it was um, well-timed. <laughs> um, but some of my other favorite moments uh, would be, I love 
seeing Hyman again because he's hilarious. Mm. And um, Katie rising to her potential. Um, Alice's just redemption arc was beautiful. Uh, I liked the Julia and Soshana stuff because she, yeah. like, had someone who actually, like, worshipped her. <laughs> um, I, I liked the season a lot. It had a lot of moments. Um, I also loved the uh, episode you guys were talking about, the, the push. Um, but I, I loved specifically, uh, what was his name, Frankie? Frankie, yeah. I think those are my favorite moments. <laughs> it, it was a great season for characters who I didn't make up, like Marina and Tom. <laughs> yeah, I, resent, it was really great. I resent their very existence in the show, but at the same time, uh, I got to give it up for them. <laughs> They're Steen's. <laughs> Not book canon. I have to say, I love, so I love how much Danny is obsessed with Todd, but I also love how much Arjun, like, hates that character and is vocal about it. Every time you're, every time. Arjun hates Todd? I, I don't know exactly what it is. I think it might be like some pseudo weird rivalry thing. But like every time Danny's like, I lo- or, this would be my favorite character. Arjun's like, not me. <laughs> yeah, Arjun hates Todd. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> I think he just likes to mess with you. But <laughs> pro- I think that's like true. It. <laughs> So I think that takes us into the episode discussion, and as usual, I'm going to start with a recap. As the episode opens, Quentin, Alice, and Penny23 face off against the monster's sister who has inhabited Julia's body. The battle is swift and our heroes prevail, but Julia's condition, mortally wounded but not quite mortal, has left her in excruciating pain. Penny23 called forth the binder to transform her, but with Julia in no condition to weigh in, he realizes he'll have to decide on her behalf, whether she will be a goddess or a human. Meanwhile, Everett empties out the reservoir, leaving the Scooby gang without the juice they need to take on the monster, cast the incorporate bond, and save Elliot. While he and Quentin are strategizing, Josh, who still hopped up on fish magic, activates a scroll that takes them to the realm of the old gods, where a divine executive assistant tells them about the seam, a liminal space hidden in the mirror world where the Scooby gang can dispose of the monster's spirits. Quentin, Margot, and Penny23 capture the monster using cooperative magic to amplify the supply of ambient and cast the incorporate bond. While Professor Lipson treats Elliot's injuries, Alice, Quentin, and Penny23 take the monster spirits to, dis- to the mirror world and prepare to toss them into the seam. But Everett catches up with them and destroys the portal to the seam before Quentin can throw the second bottle in. And that's when Quentin makes a calculated choice to save his friends, mending the portal and setting off a chain reaction that ultimately costs him his life. The last act begins to explore the consequences of that choice on Quentin and his friends and reveals that as depressed as he has been throughout his life and in this season, his final act was an act of heroism, not surrender. But as anyone who's read the books knows, the hero doesn't get the reward, the hero pays the price. Though it feels woefully inadequate for this particular episode, I'm going to start now by asking my usual question. Danny, what did you think? Okay, I don't think I'm going to actually make the unrecognizable noise that I put in the script, but uh, that is how I feel. Um, Honestly, it fucked me up a lot, like a lot, a lot. Um, And I know Penny says at the very beginning of the episode that there's always got to be a fucking twist. And that's a that's the real big mood. (laughs) (laughs) Love, what about you? What's your take on the finale? Well, look. Obviously, Quentin's a, is a, he's a very important character for me. And 
you know, in the books he comes through okay. But I've always thought of him as somebody who was at risk all the time. And his story could, with just as much sort of validity and integrity, have gone the other way. You know, we, now we see what it looks like if it did. Uh, oddly enough, one of the knocks on the books has always been that Quentin gets it, uh, um, gets off too easy. <laughs> uh, he behaves badly uh, and has a lot of growing up to do. And, uh, you know, it doesn't cost him maybe as much as it should. I've, and I've actually taken that to heart. I've always, you know, watching it go the other way. Uh, it was powerfully sad and, um, and hard to take in. I've had much longer to take this in, I think, than you guys. Um, I could be wrong, but I believe I, I happened to be passing through the magician's offices shortly after um, this decision was made, like quite some time ago. Um, and so since then, I've sort of known this was coming. Uh, so I've, I've had much longer than you guys have had to kind of make peace with it. Um, and that's kind of the way that, um, that I did it. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's the kind of, it's a kind of inversion of the books. Um, uh, but it feels emotionally as solid. Okay. Uh, Olivia, what about you? We understand that you didn't know how it was going to end until yesterday. I thought that it was a beautiful episode. I think it's one of my favorite favorite episodes of our show and uh really powerful storytelling and I don't know I am I'm in a different have a different perspective than all of you guys I'm in it and I feel very attached to it on the day-to-day -day, especially with um Quentin and Alice it's just something that it's just like a part of my everyday so it's uh it hit me pretty hard and I wasn't expecting it. So I don't know. I haven't had time to process it. Um, I'm just doing my best to avoid social media. And uh, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a beautiful ending to Quentin's story. And when they called and told us this, I was like, okay, it makes sense. And as upsetting as it is, it's, I, th I think it makes him the hero that he always wanted to be. And that is such a beautiful ending to the story. And I think that that's what everyone should take away from this. And it's not, you know, the ending to this isn't about, for me, it wasn't about Elliot and, 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 you know, the, the Quelliot and the Quells of it all or whatever people call it. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, it, it's about Quentin and his journey. And I thought that it was a really beautiful ending to it. And, even though I'm, I'm heartbroken as a, a friend of Jason and as somebody who plays Alice, it's, I think it's, um, I think it was beautifully told and I can't wait to see what we do next year with it. I absolutely no fucking idea. So, and I don't, why didn't you call me and tell me love that they were, that Quentin was, you I knew? Could easily, I, for a long time, I didn't realize it was a secret. And then I saw, uh -huh. I, you know, oh, you could have uh, spilled it. I could have spilled it at any moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. I probably have a million things I want to say about it as soon as we hang up. But this this podcast is is very soon for me to process get the episode. It's... Yeah, we just found out. I think that you the the cast didn't know either, and so us trying to prep this interview we're, we're it's hard. I'm just really glad that we didn't actually book it for yesterday. So yeah, me too. That's it. <laughs> Why I wanted to move it actually. <laughs> yeah. oh. 
Well, Claire, yeah, yeah. Your- sorry, I lost you. Guys. <laughs> That's okay. We're just, you know, yeah, making unintelligible noises. That's how it goes. Um, I mean, this was a really heartbreaking episode to me. Um, even though I have, I have had an inkling for a while that it was going to be Quentin in the elevator in 407. Um, it still felt like a punch in the gut when it actually happened. I don't think that you know, as much as I thought about it, as much as I felt like I had prepared myself for that possibility, I, I just don't think that I was really prepared to see it. And I'm still processing too. Um, but the scene itself with the residue of Quentin's minor mending spell bouncing off every surface, I, I thought that was just gorgeous. It was just like visually stunning and the um the funeral scene with the song that we listened to and uh cried about at the beginning of the episode um it really hit me uh those quiet moments always do yeah it's so uh, the the song I was talking to to John McNamara a few months ago like when we were filming and I forget what we were doing but I brought up that song to him the acoustic version. I was like, I love this song. We should do it on the show. And he's like, oh, I love it too. Oh, that's a great idea. Little did I know when I pitched that song to him that it was going to be me singing it at Quentin's funeral, which is really funny. (laughs) I thought it was uh, very uh, well-placed and delicate. So, Mm -hmm. Um, and to the, I think to the other point that you were making about like having no fucking clue what comes next, I'm in that position too. Um, But I, you know, I love that the show is committing to its ensemble, is um, making good on the promise that every character matters. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what comes next. Uh, but it's it's hard to feel just that excitement because I'm still just so sad to see Quentin's journey come to an end. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's Well, I think hard. we should talk about the fact that, um, you know, along with a lot of grief and pathos, this episode um a lot of people are really angry about it uh they're angry about this as an ending to quentin's story um uh both from the point of view of somebody who is struggling with mental illness and somebody also who uh you know is is um i don't know what to, i don't know how to describe quentin's sexuality but it's it's definitely fluid and, you know, this episode brought an ending to that story. And a lot of people are really unhappy about it. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really true. And I think, you know, I don't agree with every interpretation, but I think the feelings behind them are very genuine. Um, and that a lot of people are really hurting right now. And it's, yeah. you know, it's hard to see. It's hard to, it's hard to watch people in pain. Yeah. And I, I would never, I, I would never tell anybody how to feel about the show or about, about these characters. You know, I think there, for a lot of people, this storyline was a way, you know, they were watching a show that they felt was rewriting a kind of toxic narrative in a much more open, healthy way. And they felt like it veered back into toxicity at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's a really, I can see how you can read that show, read the show that way and, and, and experience the story that way. I can see it. And I can see how painful that would be. I feel like the story of Quentin's sexuality, his his relationships with Allison uh, and Elliot, you know, it got cut off kind of in the middle. And that happens a lot in real life. And I think the show was to some extent about that, about 
what it's like when that happens. But for people who needed that story to 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 go on and work through those aspects of Quentin's life, I can I can I can feel how upsetting that is. <laughs> Do you have anything to say, Olivia, regarding any and all feelings? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want to. Not a lot of people from the show have spoken out about the finale yet. I think everyone's still pretty quiet in their thoughts, and I feel weird not knowing how to word things. I, I only know my experience within the show in playing Alice mm-hmm. from my perspective and what that's like, and it's and and. So for me, it's very personal, and uh, this season has been a little painful for my character. People have not really liked Alice and Quentin together, and I, 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 at first I was very confused by it, and and uh, I'm still processing the whole thing. All, all I know is, is Quentin's sexuality has always been fluid. It was fluid in the books, and when and when it came up on the show with Elliot, I, to me that wasn't it, it wasn't surprised by it, and I was so excited about it, and I was so excited to, that this show is telling a story like this, and you know, giving a voice to, giving a voice to that. And uh, I don't know, sorry, I'm not very eloquent about this yet because I haven't quite figured out how to talk about it. All I know is that Quentin loved Elliot and Alice and Mm -hmm. um, you can't put one above the other. It's just, it's love, love is love. And I think that that's the thing that people need to remember. And um, I don't know. I'm heartbroken about it all, and and I'm sorry to everybody who's who's so upset about it, and I totally understand why. I'm upset too for different reasons. So, <laughs> uh, but I think love is right in saying that this is, you know, this is what happens in life. You can't, you know, people get ripped away from each other in life too soon. They do all the time, and and that's just what happened here. You know, we'll never know what happened between Alice and Quentin and Elliot and Quentin and. Um, you know, I really hope that Elliot and Alice can be there for each other um, in the next season. That's the first thing I thought of. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, that, you know, everyone involved is also sad and mourning the loss of, I'm mourning the loss of working with a dear friend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just painful right now. But the show is, is really brave and brilliant. So I think it will come through and people will start to see that, you know, people who are upset that the show is there for them and has always had their back. And the show will always have their back. That's well said. The drama upsets me because, I mean, like, Claire and I have, we've, we've been in the fandom since day one. When there were just five of us on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it hurts me because a lot of people came to this show for a very specific purpose. Uh, they found out there was queer representation and they wanted to see it. Um, I have a very different relationship with, with the show than most people because I have read the books. So to me, the books will always come first. And so I loved seeing Quentin and Alice the last couple episodes. And, and I also love Quelliot and I just don't see why it's a big deal to love both, um, because as a woman who is bisexual, like, I have had both. And, like, and, and Quentin still loving Alice does not in any way, shape, or form invalidate his feelings for Elliot. 
Um, but everybody is entitled to their own feelings, whether or not I agree with them. Um, but like I've said to you, almost everyone with a differing opinion to me, I'm here to, I'm here to hear you at least. Like I will hear you out and I will give you the platform to speak to me, whether we agree or not, because at the end of the day, I know that these feelings are coming from a very hurt place and it's, it's okay to be hurt. Um, I, I love the show to pieces and, and I'm hurt by the decision to, to kill Quentin. Um, but I don't think that it was suicide, which is another thing that I've been seeing all over the internet that he killed himself. And I was like, I don't, I don't see it that way. I don't see it as him having killed himself or it being a disservice to a character that has depression. I I thought it was a beautiful ending. You know, I think for all of this, um, the point that Jade made last episode is really important one. It really stands, which is, uh, she's, it's a quote. I can't remember where from, she said, you're only as angry as you are hurt. And I think that's, that's the thing that I'm trying to remember most when I see anger from fans about, I mean, not just these things in the show, but about anything in the show is that mm-hmm. people are in pain and they're, you know, they're aching for something, whether it's um, like a specific representation, like an, like an LGBT representation, or whether it's just seeing someone that they can see themselves in, um, whatever that means mm. to them, whatever mm. piece of themselves they're seeing. Um, and I'm going to be honest, like, I, I am really scared of having this conversation. I think Danny has been a lot braver than I have um, at at engaging with people and talking with people. Um, I also want to be able to listen, but it's it's hard for me. Um, this podcast is uh, has turned us both into public figures in a way that I don't think any of us, either of us expected to be. And um, sometimes that is just, it's hard. I don't know what to say. Um, and so I just, I think the message I would want to send to anyone who is out there feeling these things, who is in the backlash is, you know, is part of it is, is feeling angry or anyone who is seeing it and feeling sad is, it is so important to keep that access to your feelings. Mm-hmm. Not to try to push it all away and yeah, just try to sit with them and process as much as you can. I... I made sure to reach out to everybody that I knew in the fandom that had depression and have been candid about it. I made sure to message them and just after the episode aired and been like, are you okay? And I'm here. Yeah. Because I know that like, it was really hard for me to just like, I had Claire to talk about, but like (laughs) just, having a support system is important and I don't know like I have been more candid with everyone about my feelings towards a lot of the controversy just because like it's it's upsetting to me I have my own feelings as well and 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 my biggest problem is I, I don't care like you can feel however you want to feel I don't like the bullying that I see out of it 
I've seen a couple fans like say that they loved the episode and get bullied because of it. Like, oh, how dare you love this episode? And I think that's what makes it hard to be open and honest is is being afraid of being attacked for having an opinion and having feelings um, that don't quite fit everybody else's narrative. I do want to go over, though, there was an interview that uh, I read last night with Jason, and he he spoke to Damien Holbrook, and he asked basically how how Jason felt about how people are going to react to his character dying and and having it be that he, you know, was a, a depressed guy who, who died. Um, and he said, this is not a story of a character giving up. It's certainly tragic. And if you find yourself drawn to this character and this character's journey, you're allowed to be sad. And it should be allowed. We can mourn those things and mourn what they represent for us. We're not celebrating someone losing hope or giving up here. We have an opportunity to celebrate someone's journey and someone's life. And I think that's what the final episode does. I think that was an attempt of it. And I can only hope that people take that from it. It's just beautiful. Like, like I, I think that's a beautiful interpretation of it. And that's, that's how I felt. Love you. We're going to say something. Oh, just that I get when, when, when people feel like they have to attack, it's because it's because they feel like they've been attacked. Um, and I know there are people who feel like they were attacked by this episode. Um, mm -hmm. and they experienced it that way. Uh, I also know that when creators, when a, a character dies in a story that you're writing, a, a lot of people experience that as you, you killed that character. Um, whereas for the creator, it feels like you were just, you're just trying to follow the story and keep up with it. And that's where the story went. And it went to this terrible place. Um, mm -hmm. but I understand why it feels differently on the other side. Uh, I don't know. I think we just all have to try to imagine how, the, how, how, how we have to do the empathy thing and try to imagine how other people feel from the inside, which is yeah. pretty difficult. Yeah. It's, inter it's interesting having three different perspectives, you know, love you're a creator, a writer, you come at this from a different angle than me. I'm in it. I have to make it come to life in a different way and, and yeah. embody it in a very real way and take it very personally. And then there's fandom, which is, is, is a different way of embodying it. So it's fascinating to talk about it for the first time with three very different. Lev, I don't think we've ha ever had you on for a musical episode before, but I'm not sure if there's a hundred percent counts, but it seems like a good time to ask what you think of the musical musicals generally. And what you think musical moments like these bring to the adaptation? Mm, that's a really hard question. All right, the part, the part of it's easy. I love the musical episodes. I always love them. I always look forward to them. When I'm getting, when I'm reading scripts and there isn't a musical episode yet in a season, I'm always like, John, John, you got to give it to me. When's it coming? I love the musical <laughs> episodes. Um, and I, I, I accept that they're polarizing. But there's something... Um, wonderful about it there's something wonderful when when actors sing i've always thought that ever since um uh the buffy musical episode there's something incredibly human about it uh especially since the actors most of them aren't aren't trained singers they sound like normal people when they sing um and it's such a wonderful thing that kind of opens them up in a new way um yeah and it departs from realism um but well there you go we departed from realism 
I don't think Olivia sounds like a, a regular person singing. <laughs> I was I was so impressed in this episode because I think like you've been in the musical episodes before, but um, for the most part, I feel like you've been singing background or just like a line here or there. And you have such an amazing voice. Why aren't oh, they you. using you more for musical episodes? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, some... Some people in the cast are trained singers and may have made that very vocal that they love to sing and want to sing. And I think, you know, the the musical episodes of, were a slow rollout at first. We didn't know that was going to be a, a part of the storytelling every season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's and it's changed and evolved each season. Um, and I think that when John writes them, it's always coming from a story standpoint. So if it doesn't make sense to have certain people sing because of the storyline, then that's what happens. And I think in this one, I, you know, kicking it off with Alice makes a hell of a lot of sense. And, um, I, it was really important to me when we recorded it that I, I asked as like, I really would love to, I don't want a lot done to my voice. I just want to sing the whole song by myself and just really tap into how Alice feels about Quentin. And I hope that that came through and, yeah. and hearing everyone else's voices come in. And, and I don't know, I think it, it's my favorite song of the season. I mean, of the, of the series, just because there was so much heart in it. And, because every one of us, all the actors were really feeling it because there is a bit, there was a bit mm-hmm. of fear while we were making it. We're like, well, is everything going to be different now? Are we not going to have Jason? So I think you can really hear that in the song. You know, it's not just acting. And yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really beautiful. I think the singing brings out a vulnerability in all the characters, even when it's a big musical mm-hmm. piece. It, it doesn't matter. It just brings out a different vulnerability in a performer that um, helps you tell that character story in just, just a slightly different way, which is fun. I think this and this one definitely did. I mean, it it is like you said. It's so it's such a vulnerable um, arrangement and such a vulnerable way that you're all singing. It, it very much comes across. It was really important to Hale and I that we sat next to each other and we held hands during it, and and we stuck to that. And um, you know, at the time when we filmed that, we didn't know there was back quite there was going to be backlash about the the Quelia and the Qualis and all that stuff. So. It's, you know, it's them. They just love this person. And so it was, a, that's one of my favorite moments this season was singing that song next to Hale. I loved that part too. It's just such a a beautiful little touch. You guys holding hands. I, I noticed that also um, Julia and Katie are holding hands as well. Um, just everyone's kind of just being there for each other. And it was really beautiful to see. I agree. And I think, you know, it was a, a fitting memorial um, following a very fitting death scene. Um, you know, I said before, but I really was struck by how beautiful that scene was. Um, just all the light <laughs> um, and the way, you know, I liked what um, the creators said in their press statement about um, there's no such thing as a minor mending, that um, every action is going to ripple and reverberate out no matter how small. Um, And the way that that was, the way that the show displayed that visually was really spectacular. Um, But Olivia, I'm curious because you you wouldn't have seen any of that when you were acting, right? I mean, it was just an empty room. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what it was going to look. Do you mean like the visual effects? I didn't know what any of it was going to look like. Uh, uh, To be honest, though, none of that ever matters to me when I'm in it. you know, we're 
experiencing it on a visceral level and I'm watching this person, you know, it's, it's different. I don't need the, the visual effects never change anything. When I watch the show, I'm just like, Oh, there's a, there's a dragon there now. But when you're in it and you're making mm-hmm. it, you have to make real with what you have. And, uh, you know, we shot, uh, I thought that that was just so beautifully shot and very simple and going into the mirror realm has always been really beautiful. And, uh, that was a hard few days to film. Jason and I were both sick and, uh, and exhausted. It was the end of the season. And here we are filming this insane scene that we don't quite know what the outcome is going to be, you know, and how people are going to take it. And I was, mm-hmm. uh, I cried a lot in those few days. You know, it's so funny when you see it on TV, you get five seconds of my character crying, but there's mm. several days of many takes and many variations where I'm just having to pour my heart out. And it was very exhausting. And I'm so proud of that episode. And I think it just came out perfect. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm rambling. I feel like I always ramble when I'm talking to you guys. But uh, it was a really difficult, <laughs> difficult ending scene to shoot um, on a on a technical level and an emotional level. Lev, you've said that the point of Quentin's discipline was largely that it wasn't flashy, but it plays an important role in his arc in both the book and the show, albeit in very different ways. What did it mean to you that Quentin's anticlimactic? discipline fueled such a climatic dramatic scene in the show thanks for the tongue twister sorry (laughs) Um, i feel like i'm getting all the hard questions um mine feel hard too (laughs) no i know um um, it's something that happens in books as well if that is um quentin's mending power um gets kind of uh, it happens on a huge scale um, and, you know, takes on a kind of importance um, that you don't see coming. I'm going to say something that sounds incredibly glib, which is that, you know, Quentin's challenge for so much of the of his story is is, is mending himself. Hmm. That sounds super glib, but it's, it's also super true. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, trying to become integrated as a person within himself. Um, uh so, you know, it's always meant more, it's always been a very sort of humble, ordinary thing that kind of means more than it, than it looks like it, it looks like it means. Um, and that got played out um, in the show, too, in a very different way, um, but a really powerful one. I still haven't seen, actually, I haven't seen the effects version. I, I get sent like a really rough cut of it, um, um, but not the, I don't get sent the final cuts. So I haven't seen it with effects in. Um, I, oh. I, I will have to go on iTunes and purchase it um, just so I can see the, the fancy, shiny version. I buy it on iTunes to watch it. Do you yeah. really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, you know, that also wasn't, it wasn't the only beautiful scene. Um, the other one that really hit me was the, the cooperative magic scene with the magicians all around the world working together, casting the spell that will create and hold the incorporate bond. Um, and I think it's because that, like, in addition to just being beautiful, like, cooperative magic is... Scenes with cooperative magic in the show have been some of my favorite scenes in general. Um, just because I think that they're showing something about people connecting to each other in a very genuine way. But it was also mm-hmm. such a such a lovely counterpoint to the secrecy that's been part of that kind of authoritarian regime of the library all season. Um, having Katie say that thing about how, uh, like you need to tell everyone having her 
um, be the person who comes up with the solution and having it be one that involves hedge witches, who she's been close to all season, was really meaningful. I also really liked seeing Alice back her up. Um, and I think part of that is that up until, honestly, until Katie punches her in the face, um, she and Alice haven't been close. But in these last few episodes, we've seen some hints that their relationship might be changing. And of course, now the two of them have both experienced something that no one else around them has. They've both lost the person that they that they loved most. And so, I don't know, I just wanted to ask, like, do you see Katie and Alice becoming closer friends as the show progresses? I think that they will cross paths. I mean, I, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know where the show is going. Um, the scenes with Katie and Alice, I love. I love that she punches Alice. I mean, like, I'm the worst. I'm so attached to my character that I'm so furious about so many things. I'm like, why does she have to get punched? Like, I take it so personally, and I don't know how to unperson. I personalize this shit just like you guys do. So when I read that, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, she, she, I get it. She deserves it, and I thought it was a really funny scene, and, and um, just goes to show how tough Alice is. That's what I took from it. <laughs> um, but I think that their friendship as the season went on is really cool, and um, I'd love to do more scenes. I mean, Jade and I honestly have such a hard time working together because all we do is laugh because we're good friends, and we, we're just giggle monsters when we're on set. So I don't know if they could actually get through an arc with us um, uh, getting filmed because we never can get through our scenes. But um, I think that they're kind of tied to each other now with the with the library storyline and with what's happening there. So... Yeah, I would imagine they're going to be in scenes together. I don't know. Just when I get attached to an idea of what I want the show to be, it goes a different way. So I try not to. That is good advice for everyone, I think. I pitched John and Sarah Mm -hmm. super hard on another cameo for me one in the sort of um, hedge witch witches around the world montage. um, Oh, yeah. uh, Or I would be doing the magic too, but... Just Why didn't, didn't you? It, it didn't play. I, I I pitched them on it. It just did um, not. It did not play for them. Really? Yeah. Disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I was so tragic when I watched that and in the cut because in the script we don't know how that whole montage is going to be edited, obviously. And and when everyone was so happy that it worked, it was like I wanted like my stomach just like fell out my butt when I was like, oh my god, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know what happened, and it was just like. I gasped. Yeah. Everyone looked so happy. And I was like, you know, everyone watching was just like heart ripped out. Uh, really, I'm so good with words today, guys. <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're all processing um, as established. Um, so I, the, one of the things about that that got me was that afterward when um, Elliot is, is sort of being rushed to OR, really, um, by Professor Lipson, you can actually see people still casting it in the background. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, they said it has to be going the whole time, but it was just such a subtle thing. And I really enjoyed seeing that it was still there and was and was kept. And um, I also really liked Professor Lipson's line about being able to save Elliot the old-fashioned way. So... <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. you know, we're not, there's like, a lot of really funny moments in this episode. Yeah. Like, this episode was so well-balanced. Like, Trevor yeah. in the beginning, Josh as oh the fish. God. Like, I laughed my ass off, and I thought it was so brilliant. I mean, he is just a stunning comedian. But, like, that whole bit in the beginning was hilarious. And Professor Lipson, like, there was so, so much levity. And I thought that this episode just really showed uh, all of the things this show is really, really good at. 
Yeah. All in all one episode. When my husband was watching it with me, um, he was, he was, <laughs> I, I think it was at that first moment um, when Professor Lipset is taking care of uh, Julia and the binder is giving her like misogynistic bullshit um, <laughs> and she's fighting back. He just turns to me and he goes, I like her. <laughs> Which I thought was so funny. <laughs> Man, I fucking hate to do this, but the next question takes us back into emotional territory. Danny, um, there was something you said on Twitter, your sort of summary of the episode. Um, and I just wanted to get you to talk about it a bit because I think it really resonated with a lot of people. What you said was, I lost a friend tonight. Uh, yeah. So I watched the episode for the third time um, with my girlfriend. Uh, and I've been emotional for about two full days at this point. Uh, she doesn't really know why because I can't tell her without spoiling the show. Um, so after the episode, I kind of had a full on breakdown. I was, I was sobbing for uh, a while. Um, so it's, it's inevitable at this point that I I would, I would finally kind of break. And I I feel like I even start bargaining with her. I feel like I'm going through like stages of grief. (laughs) Like I honestly do. Um, like I was I was bargaining with her and I was just like, well, well, what if what if um, what if instead uh, and at the very end of the show, like Alice takes Quentin's arc and 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 she brings him back to life. I think that would be beautiful for what. Um, yeah, we were talking but, about that Kelly Witch vial. It's still there. Who who the fuck knows? <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> Quentin's blood's out there. That's something personally I would love to see. So I, I was definitely bargaining with her. Um, but she asked me why I was so emotional. Uh, she she isn't like me in that she doesn't she doesn't come to fictional characters in, as a way of like escaping and and she doesn't share having depression. So sometimes you know it is a little bit fuzzy for her. But I told her. I feel like I lost a friend and I felt compelled to tweet it because I knew other people probably felt that way too. And they, they, they hadn't thought of that yet. And I do truly feel like, like I, like I lost a friend, um, which is probably really, really fucking ridiculous for some people. I don't think it's ridiculous uh, at all. <laughs> but like I said last week, Quentin means the fucking world to me. And like, he is this friend that I grew up with. Um, and I just, it wasn't something that I was expecting. We, we have been talking about how the possibility of it being him. And I, I just, I, I just really didn't think they would do it. Um, it was hard for me because I actually lost uh, one of my, my best guy friends a, a few months ago with uh, no warning, um, except his was to suicide. And it brought up more feelings for me. Um, but Quentin didn't kill himself. I don't, I don't see it that way. Uh, the books start out with Quentin did a magic trick. Nobody noticed. And that's always resonated with me deeply. Um, but guess what? Now everyone notices him and he changed everyone's lives. When Penny 40 points that out, I fucking lost it. Uh, I mean, I literally sobbed for, like, the last 20 minutes of that episode, like, straight just ugly crying. Um, so to see Quentin die and everyone give a fuck, that 
that will stay with me forever. I I hope people like I I it's something that me and I'm just like when I th- when I saw it I was like I hope people give a fuck about me like that when I die. Uh, we were, it was just really really beautiful. When we were talking about this um, yesterday, you saying that it just it reminded me of what you said last week too about how like all, all people with depression want a lot of the time is to know that they matter, and. I think for Quentin, that's really, really true. All he ever wanted in life was to know that he mattered and, yeah, that he had people who loved him. (laughs) Yeah. Lev, so while we're talking about this, I want to ask you a question that I I realized, I don't know how this happened, I don't think we've ever asked you before. Um, Quentin's a character of yours, he's a fabrication, but I kind of feel like if fictional characters mean this much to the people who get to know them as readers or viewers, they have to mean something to the people who create them. What does Quentin mean to you? Well, he means everything to me. I mean, writing about Quentin, uh, look, it's funny. I mean, Quentin, I go back, I go back a long way. Quentin, I started writing the magicians in 2004. So 15 years ago at a time when I was, struggling really hard with depression. Quentin was me. I mean, we were both trying to find our way out of it. And for, for, for me, it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was happening with writing and with, for Quentin, it was happening with magic. So we kind of went through it all together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the books, we both survived. Kind of a punch in the gut that he didn't, he didn't make it in the show. I don't know that, yeah, I feel like I don't have a ton to add to that, but I feel I agree with all of it. Um, For me, seeing Quentin and his journey in the books, um, so much of it was about realizing that it's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to fuck up. And that being able to accept that about yourself instead of seeing it as something that is wrong with you and just you it's the only way forward, right? It's the only way you can grow. And I think, you know, when I read the first book, I loved it. <laughs> when I read the second book, I loved it more. And when I read the third book, <laughs> there the things that I love about that third book are seeing Quentin finally kind of be at peace. That moment with the plant is a big one, but also <laughs> I was telling this to a friend recently because a friend of mine just... I uh, read the books for the first time. And uh, one of the sort of glib things I always say is that, like, I think the magician's books taught me that it's okay not to let ambition be the only thing that leads you in your life. Um, and <laughs> a lot of that came from watching Quentin teaching at Break Bills um, in the third books. Watching him realize that, like, you can have a life that is happy and meaningful in ordinary and mundane ways and not just in the you know I made a land (laughs) out of my emotions though I like that too (laughs) obviously have a tattoo of it so (laughs) Uh, thank you for sharing with us love (laughs) do you think you have anything to say about it Olivia what what does Quentin mean to you (laughs) I don't know a lot I think he's a wonderful character. He's the he's the he's the main character. He's the backbone of the book. He's he's the reason why they all exist. 
So I'll forever be grateful for them, for, for Quentin. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have a, I have a complex relationship with that character. So I think I don't have anything eloquent to say. I'm, I'm really sad. That's all. <laughs> I'm going to miss seeing Jason at work. Oh man. Um, you know, I'm heartbroken over this loss and it is true that part of what Quentin meant to me, um, involved with the fact that he was, uh, a lead character that had fluid sexuality. And, um, that's something I identify with too. Um, and I just, you know, I love that the show has done so much to explore different identities, different sexualities. And I just really hope that losing Quentin isn't going to be the end of that, that we'll see more going forward. I think we will. I know we will. (laughs) It's, it's so, it's, it's so important to Sarah and John and I think to the whole show, um, so central to it. Um, this isn't, this wasn't them, you know, saying, okay, period, end of sentence. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to end. Good. Okay. So here's where we'd normally talk about fashion. (laughs) Um, but I have to admit that I had a lot of trouble paying attention to fashion in this episode because there was just so much going on. There are some sort of set details and some things that are kind of like fashion adjacent though, that, um, I thought we were worth talking about. So maybe we'll start there. And then Olivia, if you have any <laughs> costume notes, you can fill in some blanks. <laughs> um, so the, the first thing is just a, another moment that I wanted to bring up that we just didn't get to, which is I, I really loved the moment between Josh and Margot when he transforms back after being a fish for an entire episode. And more than that, I love the moment when Margot storms off while she and Josh and Quentin are trying to figure out how to rescue Elliot. Um, and I think like why I like that moment so much is because as Josh explains, right, like she's, she's dealing with her own shit and she's not dealing with it in the best way, but he doesn't say that with any judgment, right? He's, I love that he sees her for who she is. He sees her flaws. He still loves her. Um, it's such a hard thing to do, to hold space for someone who is angry and hurt and having trouble expressing their emotions in a productive way, but it's love, it's empathy. And I just thought it was so beautiful. I never knew that I needed Josh and Margo to be in a relationship, but I did. <laughs> I mean, you, you know I was not sold on it at the beginning of the season, but now I'm like, mm, no, they never get to break up. <laughs> yeah. I think they've played yeah. that storyline out really well. Like, at yeah. first, it's like, wait, what? But <laughs> yeah, I think it felt that way, and I think it, that's very real for some relationships in the beginning. Or like, wait, is this is this right? I don't know. And I think that they've done <laughs> yeah. a beautiful job with it. And that scene in particular really sold me on it because they're both funny people. And when they are funny together, it, it's charming and, and uh, cute. And Summer was so funny filming that scene. She like actually hit herself in the eye really hard <laughs> once pretending to put in a fake eye because she commits so hard. Um, and then I'm like watching it and watching her eye kind of twitch. And I'm like, oh, I, I think she just actually hurt herself. <laughs> oh, poor Summer. The, the stuff with the eye this season also was really funny, like every single time. I don't think we talked about it last, was it last episode when she pops it out? But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been good. We probably didn't. Um, 
So the other thing I want to I want to mention, which is more, it's closer to fashion, fashion adjacent. It's not. It's a set element. Um, was that when Julia throws that deck of cards into the fire at the very end of the episode, and she casts a spell? First of all, that line is a callback, right? The I'm doing this. It's the exact yes. same line that mm. Quentin has when he does magic for the first time at his entrance exam. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I really, I really felt like I needed to know that Julia was still going to have a journey with magic. I was so upset when (laughs) Penny chose humanity for her and it seemed like she wasn't going to get anything at all. And it was just, it was, it was, I, I'm really glad I needed to see that, that she still is going to have that relationship. And it sounds like it's going to be maybe an interesting one, not so straightforward. We'll find I out. do want to say that I was pretty, I was pretty annoyed that, that Julia got her powers completely taken away from her. So, and I, I yeah, I'm sure you felt the same way. <laughs> Julia means a lot to live, everyone. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I wanted to point out about that though is that um, so I didn't see it myself, but I think you saw it, Danny, and one of our listeners also pointed yes. it out that um, one of the kings on Julia's deck of cards looks like Quentin. Um, and we were talking yeah, about the very that, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were talking about that game of push earlier. Um, and you know, we have the Alice card in the show, but in the books, I felt like it, it, it sort of reminded me even more of that because the, the Alice card in the books is of Niffin Alice while she's still a Niffin. And so it just sort of appears there in, I think, a similar way to the, the sort of Quentin King appearing for Julia. And so I just thought that was like a really a really powerful reference. That's another scene I haven't seen. I haven't seen the special effects for. Uh. I'm totally downloading it as soon as we're done. <laughs> I think you'll like it with the special effects. They, they make it nice and shiny. It's really good. <laughs> Although at the end, there's a little practical effect where the cards fall into her hand because yeah. that was in the rough cut. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what is it? What's a practical effect? Sorry. Oh, I don't know. What's the showbiz version? A practical effect means something is physically happening when we're filming it. Like when we do okay. practical magic on the show is like when a wind machine blows like at us and then later they add mm. fucking sparkles to it. But uh-huh. when we were there, something <laughs> actually happened. And yeah, I was, I was oh, right okay. off camera when we filmed that when Stella was filming that and actual cards, you know, fall into your hand, but then they add a bunch mm-hmm. of magical flying ones later. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that seemed to be a reference was Elliot's cane, because there's that metal ram's head on the top of it. Um, see, this one is fashion yeah, I adjacent. I got at least one that was fashion adjacent. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's sort of, you know, ram's head. I think that's probably mostly just fillery, but it was it was kind of a neat little reference showing. Well, that's very cool. I didn't catch that. <laughs> I didn't catch it either. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's the big one. We talked about the last thing that I have already. Anything you want to add, Olivia? Any details? Any fashion notes since I had none? <laughs> no, I don't remember what we wear. <laughs> you, you had um, the beautiful velvet top that looked yeah, like, slightly uncomfortable, but it was still beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like kind of mauve. Oh, yeah, I was really sweaty in that. That's what I remember. From <laughs> <laughs> we, we all experienced the show in very different the, ways. <laughs> the emotional sweats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like I've been I, I know I had sweating. pants on. I always remember when I get to wear pants on the show. <laughs> Is that because it's exciting? 
Yeah, you it's know. Comfortable. It's comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I think I wore that the whole episode. That's all I remember. Um, <laughs> all right, well, that's sorry. Fine. Sorry, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm just like trying to get you to do my job for me because I just didn't pay attention to the fashion this episode. So you don't have to apologize for that. Um, uh, Yeah, I think we're going to move to MVP. But before we do, just one more opportunity to say anything you want to say about this episode or about the season or I don't know how you're feeling. Just the entire like campfire scene, like the funeral scene is so beautiful. Just like all of the little touches of how everyone felt about Quentin like I I was a mess when I watched that like just mm-hmm. every single little touch it was it was a lot um and then I didn't even realize it until Julia throws the cards that she didn't throw anything into the fire and so it kind of made that moment like really beautiful that she did it alone because Quentin was her best fucking friend and and they didn't even get to say goodbye to each other in any way, shape, or form. Like, I mean, no one really got to say bye to him, but he had no idea. I really pay attention to the people who felt betrayed by the show, by this episode. Like, I read a lot of, I read, a, I spent a lot of time on Twitter today reading reactions. And I mean, it reminded me so much of shows where I did feel like that myself. I felt that way about Downton, about Downton Abbey, and I stopped watching it because I felt like, I was being manipulated by it, you know, and it, it was sort of soapy and not in good faith and not following through on promise and sort of implicit promises that it had made. And I know there are people who feel strongly that way about the show. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I felt I feel very differently. And at the same time, I, feel, I care so much about the characters. And so do the people who feel betrayed by the show. We actually, you know, we're there together on that anyway. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I had a point necessarily, but just that people who feel betrayed by the show, I'm not, I'm not, I I don't ignore that. Um, and I don't, I don't dismiss it. I think about it a lot. I just, I just know that, you know, I just want everyone to know that it came from a mutual place. It wasn't something that was pushed on anyone. And, um, I don't know. I personally feel like I would rather see Quentin have a hero's death than a dangling string, in my opinion. Uh, I think that would hurt more. Yeah. I, uh, I hope people are just being kind to themselves and to each other in the fandom. I think we have the most beautiful fans. And ever since day one, the fans have been so beautiful and vulnerable with um, the casting creators and, and sharing their stories and how they relate to this show. And I think that's why this show is so powerful and is such a unique thing. Um, and, and, and now is no different than then, you know, I think it's, it's beautiful that everyone has their thoughts and feelings about this. And I would never want somebody to not feel the way they feel. And I feel mm-hmm. honored to be on a show that, uh, that in- evokes so much passion from its fandom. And, um, I just hope that they're kind to each other and, and know that these things are hard for everyone involved from the top down and that they're heard. And um, I don't know, I haven't quite figured out how to reach out to them yet because I'm still processing it. So I'll eventually say something. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next year. Uh, and everyone dealing with this, um, all the characters dealing with, with what has happened. And I don't know. I love our fans so much. And I love this show. Seems like a good summary. 
Um, so it's MVP time. <laughs> and in emotional episodes like this, it, it is always so difficult. But Olivia, I have to say, I couldn't take my eyes off you the entire death scene or the funeral scene after it. Um, I am just so consistently impressed. You've been asked to do so many different things on the show. <laughs> and uh, I believed every single one of them so far. So <laughs> um, I think, Thank you. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot to be able to show all those things, to show anger and determination and, and love and heartbreak and grief. So um, that for me is, is where I land this episode. I'm giving my MVP to you, Olivia. Danny? Well, thank you. It means a lot coming from you guys. Uh, I mean, Olivia, obviously, is amazing. You are amazing. But I don't think I could get out of this episode without giving it to Jason, which is the second episode in a row for me. But we we might never see Jason again. Uh, So... Jason, thank you for bringing Quentin to life. Um, it's truly been a journey. I do want to shout out literally everyone in, involved in the show, the writers, the cast, the crew. Um, just this episode was was a real beauty. Um, <sighs> yeah. Olivia, how about you? Is there anyone you want to nominate? Oh, dear. Ah, Jason. <laughs> Jason really put his heart and soul into this episode. I mean, he always does, but... Um, you know, the, the campfire scene, um, we were actually physically far away from him. He was, like, far away from us during that whole scene. And um, they filmed his half of it with, with Arjun um, yelling distance away. So, you know, normally, you know, in TV, we're all close to each other and it's all movie magic. But in this, it was very real. And we were all mourning him. Well, sorry, my dog is crying. Seti, no. Seti. Um, we were all mourning and crying for him from afar and, and, and Jason really broke down and was really, it was just really beautiful. And, and all of his tears, um, now re- now watching it just felt very real. And I thought that he really brought it. And then the scene with him and Arjun at the end, you know, all that, those conversations with Penny were just stellar acting. So old Ralph, Ralphie gets it. <laughs> Love, what about you? I feel like there's no other way to go. Um, uh, I want to, I, you know, I want to shout out to Arjun, who was kind of, what, what do you call it? He's uh, Jason's scene partner and a lot of that. He, he's had to sort of MC um, um, Quentin's departure um, and be the straight man for that. Uh, and he brought a lot of subtlety to the to those final scenes. Um, but I got to give it up for, for Jason, who, you know, it was just some heavy shit to play. And he really just felt so committed to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, we're at episode ratings, and I'm going to be honest, I don't fucking know how to rate this episode. I'm still processing everything about it, and um, I don't know, maybe in a month I'll have a rating. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I can talk a little. I thought the death scene was quite beautiful, the funeral in the epilogue. I loved those moments with Margot and Josh that I talked about. I did. I was a little surprised by how fast the battles with the monsters meant went. Um, they just there was so much buildup. I kind of thought there would be a little more um, challenge there. Um, it's funny we haven't really talked about the monster plot at all. It gets so overwhelmed <laughs> by by the other yeah, stuff. By the emotion. Do you want to? Yeah. No, not really. It wasn't- <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, it's not the part of this season that, that played the strongest to me, that story. 
Um, but there was a lot of other stuff that, that really did. Other than the fact that Hale was amazing. Hale was <laughs> consistently amazing as the monster. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's basically what I have to say. Like, I, I, do, I do hope we someday get to see the old gods. That's my only other because I, I was so excited to see them and then we just got like golfing administrative assistant <laughs> next time season it's so five. funny that shit was funny yeah no, it, it was it was it was a great scene and hey someone finally got to eat cake yeah <laughs> yeah yes. um so yeah i don't feel like i have an episode rating we'll try later <laughs> danny you're welcome to try if you want to um, no, I don't think there's, I don't think you can rate this episode. Like I have similar concerns with like certain elements of the, the episode. Like you said, it, it felt like really fast. Um, but at the same time, like I wouldn't really want them to take away from, yeah from the last like 20 minutes of that episode. Um, so yeah, like. It just—it was a lot for me. This episode was a lot for me to process. I'm still processing it, but just having opened up on on the podcast last week and and talking about my depression and and my suicide attempts, uh, it, it felt really fucking real and raw to hear pretty much those exact words come out of Quentin's mouth in this episode. So it was really hard for me. So yeah, no rating. <laughs> cool. Seems like a good way to end our like. We completely fucked our rating system season anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we won't ask you to rate the episode, of course, um, either of you. But I am curious just how you felt about this season compared to past seasons. Um, so, Love, do you want to start? I, I thought it was great. Um, we haven't even mentioned the Stoppard cameo in the middle of it. I, I really, it, was oh, really, yeah. it was really fun, fun to see that. It's funny. It was, um, I, I, I thought it was a great season. It was funny in that the central storyline didn't turn into the big drama that that I sort of expected it to, you know, with the monster. Yeah. Uh, it, it was everything around it that kind of yeah. became big and powerful and real, um, which is sort of funny. But uh, it ended up really working for me. Good, Olivia. Yeah, I thought the season was really great. I uh, season one will always be my favorite season. And that's just because from a, it this felt the closest to the books and then, then it had a magic from the inside that was very real. Um, you know, our first time in and it was tingly and, and, and exciting and, um, it still is, but season one will always be my favorite, but this season is a close second. Uh, yeah, it did win places. I, I thought the monster thing was going to be a different, was going to go bigger, but you know, I, you just never know where the show's going to go, but I thought mm-hmm. that the season was really great for all the characters. I don't know. I have a horrible memory, so I, I can't separate episodes or storylines. It's all, yeah, it's all in there and in all one place. I couldn't tell you what episode number a, a story <laughs> happened. It's not how it works for me. So yeah. I thought it was a beautiful epi- season, and everyone just did amazing work this year. Amen to that. So we're we're com- we're at the end, and I just want to say like this. this was an incredibly hard episode to process. It's still an incredibly hard episode to process. Um, It's, it's still very fresh and raw. Um, It was intense. Goodbyes are never easy. And this one hits, I think, especially hard. 
Um, Quentin was a whole lot more than a fictional character. And for a lot of people, I think I can speak on at least, at least on behalf of me and Danny, his death really feels like a real death. Um, we feel it deeply. We grieve for him and we hurt. But if the deaths I've experienced in my life have taught me anything, it's that the only way out is through for us to make something of our pain, um, as you would say, love, to use it, to burn it as fuel for light and warmth. Um, we have to face it head on and to turn into it. So I just, I wanna thank you, love, and you, Olivia, for being here to, to see us through the start of what I think will be a very long process of doing that. I, I wanna thank you guys too. I, I haven't been able to process this either. It's, and, and talking to you guys about it is, is really helpful and comforting and, and seeing and talking to Lev and having you guys all here is really comforting. And so thank you guys. Yeah. For me too. I said it before and it still sounds weird, but I haven't really talked about this with anybody. Um, and it's really good to, to, to try to work it out with you guys. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Even if you made me cry, even if you made me cry multiple times. I made me cry so too, <laughs> in my defense. <laughs> we made Jade cry last week. We so did. We're on it's, a roll. It's something just we make just everybody keep doing cry. now. <laughs> <laughs> just bring the fucking waterworks. Oh, that's another beautiful thing I didn't mention from the episode was the, the mirrors crying. And I'm, I'm assuming that's like spilling out magic, but it was such a... Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it was a beautiful touch. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so on that note, I also just, I want to thank our listeners for joining us um, for this whole season. It's been a crazy ride. It's brought us closer to so many of you. And, um, you know, we've been saying this a lot this episode, but whatever you're feeling, it's it's okay. You should feel it. Um, And we want you to know that we see you, that we love you, that we're here with you, and, you know... You are all secret springs. We'll be here together. So yeah, if you want to talk more, you can find us on Twitter at Physical Kids Pod. Mind slide.